In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We just heard in the gospel that Jesus said, don't invite your friends to a lunch or a dinner party, but invite the poor, and the lame, and the crippled, and the blind. Well, New Testament scholar and Anglican bishop N.T. Wright, one of my favorites, actually preached on this very passage. And the week after the Sunday that he preached, he received three invitations to different events from parishioners. And he and his wife were wondering which category they actually (laughs) fell into, the poor, the lame, the blind, or the crippled. But they were too anxious to ask to find out, so they never, they never knew. What is happening in today's gospel is this. After the Saturday Sabbath service, a leader of the Pharisees has invited Jesus over to a big lunch banquet at his home. Many people were there, prominent people, lawyers. Not all the Pharisees are opposed to Jesus, but many are. And they are watching him very closely to see what he's going to do. Now, in the gospel, we hear that he begins to teach different things and say different things. In our culture, that would be rude. It would be rude to show up at a dinner party and start to tell the hosts what they should be doing, right? That that wouldn't go over well in our culture. But Jesus, as a celebrated teacher, would be expected to teach during the meal. So Jesus is not doing anything that is rude or out of order. He's doing what is expected of him as a teacher. So he begins to teach, and he teaches two things. One about status versus humility, and the other thing he teaches about generosity versus selfishness. Those are what he is actually teaching about. Now, what he's really teaching about, though, is how the kingdom of God works. How God works in his kingdom on earth. We could say it a different way. How does God's way of life work here and now? How does God's culture work here and now? Those are different words and angles to try to apprehend what's happening. Jesus is trying to teach these people about reality, about how things really work. Not how they believe things to work, but how things really work according to God and his kingdom, and his judgment at the end of the day. So it's very important because what Jesus is speaking about probably confuses many people in the crowd because they would say, why would we want to do that? Let's look at the first uh, teaching. Jesus was watching people vie for position. They were trying to get the best seats because they, in their honor-shame culture, wanted to maybe have a little bit one-up on their friends because they wanted to raise their status up. But Jesus is not simply giving an etiquette lesson, saying, well, if you, if you really go to the cheaper seats, the, the less impressive seats, you know, maybe you'll be brought up. Friend, go up higher, and you'll be honored in the midst of this wedding banquet, which is a symbol of the last final banquet, the wedding between Christ and his church. So Jesus is saying, through humility, 
God will in fact exalt you and that's how he ends the teaching. Those who exalt themselves, they'll be humbled by God. But those who will humble themselves, they will actually be exalted by God at the end of the age. Now Jesus is the supreme example of how to live in the kingdom because Jesus through humility, through service, through obedience and through his self-giving ultimately on the cross was humbled as low as you can get. But God raised him up and exalted him and now he's the Lord of Lords, the kings of kings. He's in charge of everything. So this is the pattern of reality in God's kingdom. It's the pattern that we are called to fall to to follow as his people, in fact. Well, the other uh, the other teaching has to do with generosity versus selfishness. Jesus says something very strange. He's uh, telling these people that don't invite your friends and your rich neighbors who are also going to just invite you back. Because that's how their culture worked. No one wanted to go lower in status or any lower in honor. And so if you were invited to a dinner party, to a banquet, you would certainly be required to extend an invitation sometime in the future to that person. If you didn't do that, you would sort of fall a little bit lower in the status because you would be putting shame on yourself and on your family. So Jesus is using the culture of his day to uh, uh, exemplify how God's kingdom works. But what he says is, don't invite the people who are going to pay you right back because then your payment is done. In fact, invite the poor, the lame, the crippled, and the blind who cannot repay you because who will repay you then? God will repay at the end of the age. When the resurrection of the righteous takes place at the judgment, it will be God that repays, not just somebody, you know, you just get some food and that's all you get in this life. But what about the life of the age to come? So Jesus is teaching about this kingdom of God. It doesn't work the way that human beings normally think it works. We have a certain wisdom and every culture has a certain human wisdom about how things work. God's kingdom often works totally different than the way that we think it does. Jesus' teachings over and over again seem to cut against normal human wisdom. Why would I do anything for somebody that can't do something back for me? That doesn't make any sense. Well, why would I give to someone who really has no chance of ever repaying me? That's just stupid. That is human wisdom. Divine wisdom, wisdom of the kingdom, according to Jesus, is give to the poor, the lame, the blind, and the cripple who cannot repay you, and God himself will repay you. Not with just a meal of getting invited to someone else's house, but with an eternal reward in the kingdom of God. It is a much better deal. It's much like paper money from a third world country. 
You know, if you go to some places, you can get a whole stack of bills and you think that you're really, really rich. But if you really take that stack of bills and, and go over to the regular standard, you find out that you have like $1.75. Many people are dealing with paper money in, their, in the way that they live and think that's really not worth very much at the end of the day. What has happened is God's king, Jesus, has come to reveal the kingdom of God, how God works, how God's reign and rule works, how his way of life and culture works for us, not only now, but forever and ever. And Jesus is teaching this. Jesus himself is the king and the way of the kingdom. He dies on the cross to inaugurate this kingdom. He's risen from the dead to vindicate all of his teachings and to have us follow in the way of eternal life. And so everything has been reversed. What appears to be right and good and according to human wisdom now can be totally turned around and turned upside down. And so there is this alternative kingdom of God, this other way, this other path that we are called to live by, and we have to learn what it is. We probably need to revisit all of these teachings of Jesus in order to understand, wait a second, he's telling me about reality. Not the way that I thought it was, but the way it really is, the way that God says that it is. There's a great story to illustrate this. When uh, our parish hall was being built, this was probably 1950, 51, something like that, the contractor brought a huge load of bricks and they dropped them just right over there. There was a huge rainstorm that night on these adobe bricks. And to the amazement and the consternation of the first rector, Dick Wheatcroft, those adobe bricks had become just a big pile of sand. What appeared to be stable and solid and something that we were going to build a foundation upon overnight became a pile of sand. Well, the contractor had to bring out a new load of bricks, much better bricks, higher quality bricks, and the contractor had to shovel away the big pile of adobe bricks that now was sand. So appearances versus reality. The appearance was that this big stack of bricks was going to be able to bring up the walls and start this new parish hall. The reality was that they weren't good for anything. They were reduced to a pile of sand and rubble overnight because of a rainstorm. So the question for us is this, where is our focus? Where is our attention? Is our attention on human wisdom and the human ways of doing things, especially according to our culture? Or is our attention to the reality of the kingdom of God? That is the only reality. That's one of the basic things I'm trying to get across. All of these games that people play, all of the ways that we use money, power, status, sex, all the stuff that we do as human beings to prop ourselves up, to say that we're better than we are, all of these human games are going to come crashing down like a pile of sand at the judgment. 
at the resurrection of the righteous because the standard is not our human wisdom. It's not our little subcultures that we live in and we get everybody that thinks like us and then we think we've got everything figured out. Oh no. At the resurrection of the righteous and at the judgment, it is God's standard that will be in place. It's his kingdom that will be in place. It's the teaching of Jesus revealed to us already that will be the standard. So all of a sudden, we are going to have to figure out, have we been dealing with this paper money that's not worth anything? Have we been dealing with bricks and thought we had everything all set, but it's a pile of sand now? So that's what Jesus is trying to get across. The kingdom of God and God's judgment and God's ways, God's culture and his way of life is often so different than the way that we think. So as we come to receive the body and blood of Christ, let us again commit ourselves to the teaching of Jesus so we can find out how life really works, how it works according to God and God's kingdom and God's will and way so that we can be paid, paid by the Lord at the resurrection of the righteous because we have loved and given and humbly served him in these days. Amen.